Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being is a Homestuck fan analysis podcast and is not affiliated with Andrew Hussey, Viz Media, What Pumpkin Studios, or any of Homestuck's official entities. Please remember to support the release of its books and merchandise whenever possible. Feel free to read along with us. If you have epilepsy or any other light-sensitive disabilities or disorders, we suggest you stick to the audio. This show is not safe for work, and if you're a minor, we ask that you wait to listen until you're old enough to vote for our clown juggalo overlords. It's time to go to hell. Hi, and welcome to Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being, a Homestuck fan cast in the year of our Lord, 2019. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm also Elizabeth, and let's get this fucking party started! <laughs> let's get this fucking party started. This was a party update. This update fucks. Nothing but fun conversations and making really weird stuff and cool outfits and also Dave died once but it's fine. I had the same energy reading this session as a six-year-old white guy listening to the All Beatles radio station feels. Did you say a 60-year-old white guy or a six-year-old white guy? 60. (laughs) Okay because I feel like I was primed to expect a six-year-old And then the rest of that sentence didn't make any sense. Have you ever watched 60-year-old men playing the all-Beatles radio channel on the Sirius FM station? I have not. Let me tell you, you don't. I can imagine it because it was the same experience as reading this bit of Homestuck with you. Because we got everything. We got weird wizard fanfiction. We've got WV just here. We've got alchemizing, really good shit. Dave died again. (laughs) Yeah, no, okay, to be fair, Dave has only died once at this point now. It was Rose who died, probably, maybe, okay, did she actually die or did she, like, fuse with her present self? I mean, I think she did die. Okay, wait, so her regular self did die in the future. Yes. I think her dream self actually fused with her present self because that's why her present self now remembers a bunch of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Including how to talk to the old ones. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Yeah, that just came out of fucking nowhere. The gods told me to burn this meow gene sequence. It's very important. Like, okay... Good job, Rose. You did it. You saved the world. Except she didn't because Dave made a copy and now whoever Diamond's Droog is in this world has it and definitely did kill Dave. Dave, if you if you weren't such a shitty teenager, we wouldn't be in this mess. This is true. If he wasn't so determined to snoop in Rose's journals, then this wouldn't have happened. But here we are. And what did he get out of it? Wizard slash fiction. It just some shitty wizard fan fiction. 
I'm telling you, I told Liz this while we were reading. The only possible thing I can compare that to is the one first page of A Clockwork Orange I once read in high school before <laughs> I put the book down forever. <sighs> this was actually better than that. This was better than Clockwork Orange. Yeah, absolutely. I've never read any Clockwork Orange, so I couldn't, I couldn't say. It's, it's, I don't like it at all. It's very bad. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of sexual violence. And also, you need to basically learn a whole new language to read it. Isn't Clockwork Orange the one where they tape the guy's eyes open and make him watch stuff? Uh, I don't know. Or is that Sleepless in Seattle? (laughs) I don't know. I thought they were, like, the same movie? (laughs) Or at least, like, similar genres? I don't know what Clockwork Orange is about. I think it's about brainwashing. (laughs) Yeah, and... (laughs) What Sleep was in Seattle about? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure it's a romantic comedy. I have to double check. Wait. (laughs) I got a wiki yet. (laughs) Oh, it is a romance. brainwashing movie. I thought it was a brainwashing horror movie. What? (laughs) It has a horror movie title. No, it doesn't. It very much has a romance title. Now that I know it's a romance title, the only two scenarios I could think of are uh, these people are fucking so much in Seattle. (laughs) Or God. That's it. That's the only thing I can think of. Anyway, I thought it was a horror movie. I thought they were both horror movies. No, like, Clockwork Orange is like a futuristic dystopian. It's not horror, it's just horrifying. Oh, so it's, it's like 1984 or something? Yeah, except worse. It's like Watership Down? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I could not even get to a page of A Clockwork Orange, and I've read Watership Down about 20 times because it's my favorite book of all time. Man, Warrior Cats and Watership Down? Like, what kind of furry are you? Anyway, so Rose did write this, like, Clockwork Orange ripoff wizard fan fiction. She did. She did. I read the whole thing to you. Who's your favorite character? I like Zazurpan. I could not for the life of me name one of the characters right now. I just blanked out during that entire thing. Blue screen in my mind. I think Zazerpan and Friglish are like, totes my OTP. Uh, I don't feel like that's right. They were like staring at each other from across the table when talking about this plan about a mass grave. But I don't know enough about wizard fan fiction to debate it. We're going to need more wands. Wink, wink. I couldn't tell if that line at the end was Rose telling herself that she needed to come up with something better or whether that was supposed to be in the actual story. No, I think that is, this is a work in progress. So that is, it's in parentheticals. So that's Rose telling herself to think of something better. That was the sense I got. Maybe maybe she did not mean that 
to that one sentence, but she meant that to that whole page because that whole page was a mess. I'm pretty sure you're right because for real, it was something. Also, the name of the book is Complacency of the Learn, <laughs> the Learned. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I personally would not read that book. Not even for all the gay wizard stuff? Not even. You're a tough nut to crack, Miss Sullivan. (laughs) (laughs) I am, it's it's true. Yeah, and that won't be what gets me to crack, I'm sorry to say, because... Rose needs some writing practice, I think. Though, I will say, it was better in terms of, like, ranked writing. That ranks higher than Andrew Hussey's all-caps rant from last reading. I think Andrew Hussey's weird, esoteric prose works better when it's treated genuinely and not as a gag as him saying it. I think it's funnier when it's like this. Also, I have to ask you, in writing ranks, do you think this is above or below her game FAQ review of Spurb? Mm, Below. So she wrote this before the game FAQ. So you think that the game FAQ benefited from this bad first draft? Yes. Also, the game FAQ was written for the masses, And it's clear that Rose did not think anyone but herself would ever read this this wizard fiction. So she probably could understand it perfectly. You know, I've been staring at this gif in in page 1847 of Homestuck, trying to figure out a way to, like, have a good segue to talk about this, but I don't have a good segue. Because, Elizabeth, I don't know if you noticed this when we were first reading this through, but this is just a page that shows all of the cool loot that Dave made. And if you look in the background, the felt smuppet is sitting on top of, like, the the thing encased in amber, but in, like, a way that makes it look like the thing that is made of amber's nose is, like, an erect penis. It kind of does. Yes, I can't argue with that, because that is what it looks like. I don't know what to say about this page. Dave made a lot of shit. You pointed this out when we were reading this, but Dave has the tendency to go and make something super useful like the Capsicolage camera, and then turn right around and make some fucking bullshit right after that. Like, make his own brain in a jar. Like, he just swings wildly from one extreme to the other with no warning. And I just, he, I, my boy. He's either completely ingenious, i.e. making a suit that is also pajamas, or he makes a Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff collage camera, which lets him make a Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff comic on demand. <laughs> He either makes sweet batarangs out of playing card suits, or he makes a shitty JPEG of the Brotherhood sword from Final Fantasy X that flies into the air. No, to be fair, the sword did not fly into the air, the skateboard flew into the air. 
Ah, my fucking mistake. <laughs> so he had to make a new skateboard and capture collage it. So it wouldn't fly away this time. It's just like, he has these really good ideas right next to these really Dave ideas. And he just, he just does all of them. And the snow cone machine sword. I didn't even talk about the snow cone machine sword. No, you and listen, it's not that everything Rose made was like super great and perfect and stuff. But Dave, my dude, oh boy. David, David, David. David. No, but I did appreciate the pajamas suit. I keep forgetting, like, Dave has an iPhone and they're using, like, the Apple logo. I know! <laughs> I guess, was that less of a big deal ten years ago? No, I think it's just under parody law. <laughs> well, here, here we are. I just want to take a moment to highlight, we, we've seen three, like a bunch of these alchemizing sprees. We've seen a bunch of them so far. Yeah. I think every time the thing about it that warms my heart the most is the fashions they make. Same. There's something so, I, oh, this is going to sound super fucking pretentious, but there's something so human about being like, I can make anything, hold up, going to make some new threads. <laughs> no, you're right. You know, it's one of those things in literature that it just seems pretty universal. Like, you know, in the same way that if there's a scene where people are like having a meal together, it signifies some kind of togetherness or relationship, but also can be the reverse of that. But like making yourself new clothes or like donning new clothes in literature, which I'm referring to Homestuck as, yes, is, like, always strikes me as sort of, like, taking control of your identity and saying, yeah, this is who I want to be, at least right now, and I, I like that. I want to ask you, uh-huh, if the world ended with Spurb, and you had an alchemiter, and you could make whatever fucking clothes you wanted, what clothes would you make to celebrate the beginning of the apocalypse and the attempt to save the world? What's your dream outfit, Elizabeth? Oh my god. Because I have one completely planned out, but I want to hear yours first. How long have you been thinking about this? Past five minutes. <laughs> Possible that you've been thinking about it for the past ten years. My spurb outfit has changed over those past 10 years. <laughs> Valid. Wait, if you already have one in mind, you need to say yours first. So, so I have a few minutes to think. This is a very important decision. So um, I'm just going to go from the feet up to the head. Yeah. So the feet. <laughs> I am wearing a pair of, I have these hiking sandals that are my favorite. Mm -hmm. because they have really good arch support so i would be wearing those but instead of it being a sandal it is like a very stylish looking high like boot like not even not like a like a woman's boot but just like a cool like steel-toed boot but it has that arch support in it because i really care about arch support <laughs> but it's, it's like it's like these lumberjack steel-toed boots with that arch support <laughs> <laughs> and I have like really weird 
solid leggings, which I just have in all of my wardrobe. But I'm wearing a skater skirt with like a honeycomb bee aesthetic. It's one that is in an online store that I've been wanting to buy, but it's, key, it's been out of stock for like six months and I'm still waiting it for it to be in stock again. <laughs> and then on the top, there is like a rolled up collared shirt. Like I have a tie on, but it is the same pattern as the skirt. And for the hat, it is the same hat that my D&D character wears, <laughs> which, is, which wow. is a very wide brimmed hat. And there are a bunch of braided yarn on the edges that come into a veil across the face and just throughout the brim. That's, that's my apocalypse outfit. Also, I'm probably wearing red gloves. Red gloves. Okay, that's very important. The gloves are very important. <laughs> also, I, I bet you $5 I have a cape. <laughs> Somewhere in there. A wizard's cape, obviously. Obviously. Some of these are actually fairly similar to yours, but with, some, with very key differences. Okay. I can't have you steal my style. No, obviously. Okay, so first thing, starting from the bottom up, ankle-length lace-up boots. But, like, I get the arch support thing, but I'm going, I'm going for style, pretty much. They're basically the boots I have right now, which are, like, tan kind of suede. And also, under that, mismatched socks. No one will ever see the socks. <laughs> But it's very important that they don't match and that they're very colorful. Are these boots healed at all? Like an inch of heel, but that's all. Because I do still need to be able to walk around. You know, if the heel's too tall, then that won't, that won't matter. Listen, you gotta be fashionable for the apocalypse, but also you gotta be sensible. Yeah. I am also actually going for the pants-skirt combo. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, for sure. I thought about leggings, but I gotta go with like, first like boot cut jeans, and then over that, a T-length skirt, big pockets like in a very fun pattern. I don't actually know the pattern that I would want, but in patterned cotton, you know? Can I make a suggestion? Yeah, please, please. What about like a soft raised paisley? Like, it's not colored, but it's like the, the fabric is raised where there's the paisley pattern. See, that's interesting, but I'm gonna go with no on that one. Aw, oh, shit. Just one of those patterns that's like some little items, like, just repeated over and over. Some fun pattern. Not too wet and wild. Not bees. You can't steal my shit. No, not bees. I will say, not bees. Plus, the yellow and black I don't think would really... It. I'm thinking more of some kind of pastel, maybe like blue. That would be the color scheme there, which would go with the floral button-up as a shirt. Double button-ups. Double button-ups, yes. But button-ups are very important. And I'm going with a scarf instead of a tie. Oh, okay. Probably like the silk scarf with birds all over it. Okay. That sounds like a pretty good apocalypse outfit. No, no hat, no hat. See, I thought about a hat, but you would judge me. Oh, I would not. Her listeners will judge me because I might own a fedora. 
All right, that's the end of Look How Sane and Linear We Were Being. This is the final episode of our podcast. I've just learned something horrible about my co-host, and I cannot work with her professionally any longer. I warned you, and you said, you said you wouldn't judge me, and I, I knew. Everybody tweet at us your apocalypse fashions, because I want to hear about them. Please, yes. Yeah, just tweet at us at how underscore sane. Let us know your apocalypse fashions. Definitely not for the spurb game that we will all inevitably play together once the world is ended. Definitely not. I'm going to say it's time to jet on over to the minigame because for fuck's sake, you own a fucking fedora. I can't speak a word in my defense except that it really suits me. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, everybody, and now it's the least fedora-laden part of the podcast. It is the mid-episode minigame, where Elizabeth will play a minigame that is determined to get her into the farther rings of hell. There are five minigames that we might be able to play today. Elizabeth, would you like to read off the minigames the audience might be able to see you flub up today? Absolutely. We have Troll Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Image Description, Music appreciation, true or false, and hussy's fixations. Ah, yes. So, Elizabeth, would you like to go ahead and spin that wheel and see what we land on? Absolutely. Let's see here. And we're going to play true or false. Oh boy, I have some good ones for today. True or False is a game where Elizabeth is given three statements about Hunspeck's fan base or history and has to decide which of them are strange truths and which are fabrications made up by me. All of these could be true or all of these could be false. You never know until you get to the end. Ooh. Last time we played this game, we talked about Andrew Hussey's friends, but this time... We're going to be playing Andrew's Accolades. All right. So are you ready for your first statement? Yep. Is this true or false? In 2012, Know Your Meme put Andrew Hussey on their top 10 list of influential people. Is that true or false? True. It is. It is absolutely true. He was number three. I think I saw that list. Back in 2012, oh, no. I had no idea who he was. But, like, you said that, and my brain was immediately like, oh, yeah, that's true. Elizabeth, you know something about Homestuck. I had no idea I did know. That information got filed in my long-term memory, and I didn't even know it. You, it just, you just got transported right back. That ex- it explains a lot. Jesus fucking Christ. This is gonna... Mess up my whole mini game. If you start, if you start knowing things, <laughs> how dare I? Are you ready for the second fact? Yeah. Fact number two: Before he gained popularity as a webcomic artist, Andrew Hussey was on Wheel of Fortune and lost the game to a history teacher. Is that true or false? False. That one is actually false, but. 
my history teacher in high school won a trip to Costa Rica on Wheel of Fortune, so... <laughs> well, well, there you go. You're just not against Andrew Hussey. Just not against Andrew Hussey. Against two other people who I don't remember. Are you ready for the third thing? Yes. Andrew Hussey was nominated for the Eisner Award for webcomics in 2014, but lost. Is that true or false? Hmm. And by the way, Elizabeth, the Eisner Awards is an award for comic books. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a comic-based award system. Okay. I'm gonna go with true. Uh, no, actually. That's completely false. Webcomics have a lot of trouble getting into the Eisners in the first place. It's like an animation winning an Emmy. Oh. Hmm. Which is very unfortunate because there are some very good webcomics out there. I don't know if I would put Homestuck in that category, but there are some very good <laughs> web comics out there. You almost got it, Elizabeth. Well, dang. You know, I really actually did know about last one. I just got it wrong on purpose to, to make you happy and to make your game work and stuff. Oh, Elizabeth. Uh-huh. You're so funny. I understand why you're a comedian, because that's the funniest joke I've ever heard. <laughs> well, thank you. But it still meant that you lost the fucking minigame. So, do you know what happens when you lose a minigame? What happens? I think what happens is that it is time to read more Homestuck. Oh my gosh. What a surprise. We talked about Dave's alchemizing adventure. I do want to ask you about Rose's alchemizing adventure. Did you have any objects in hers that called out to you at all? Oh, they were all very good. I think my, my personal favorite is just the wizard's yarn. It's very good, but the, the wadka, the wadka was The also. wadka! <laughs> was very good. The thing about Rose's objects was that I was equally enchanted by the weird, useless ones as I was by the super cool ones. And she did some really good work, like, with the hub top. The hub top is inspired. Yeah, the hub top. And then the, what did she call the hub top combined with her headband? It was also very good. Like, now she has a hands-free hub top, plus her super dark, evil grimoire needles, and... That was the hub top band. Ah, uh, the hub top band, of course. I do like all of her, like, weird grimoire stuff, and how it is off-brand, um, what is... Oh, I forgot the name of the dude... <laughs> Elizabeth, help me out. What's the name of the racist dude that made that made horror terrors? H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft. I don't know why I forgot his name, but yeah, it's it's a it's a it's an off-brand version of H.P. Lovecraft. Hopefully, not as racist. Yeah, exactly. Because apparently he was super racist. He was super racist. He was just super super racist. This isn't as much, you know. There's the inky fruit gushers. 
There's the little plushie for the salamander. There's the, I cannot get over the vodka. Just very delighted by that. The bronze vacuum cleaner umbrella combination. I don't know why she did that one. <laughs> I don't think she knows. There's the wizard yarn. There was the outfit. The outfit was very good. I will say, I'm very partial to the outfit that I have created, but I would not turn this outfit down. Neither would I. I would prefer it in a different color palette, but I do like it. Oh, I'm a huge fan of this color palette. I also want to point out John and Rose's tendency to name each other's pets when they leave them behind with each other. Yeah, just like, oh yeah, clearly this doesn't have a name, so I'm going to name it whatever the fuck I want. I will say I like Vodka Mutini's original name better. It's such a good name. It's such a good name, is the thing. Such a good name. It's such a good name for such a good cat. I do have to deduct some points from Rose for waking up and not immediately going, where the fuck's my cat? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she is not a very responsible pet owner, unfortunately. Did she see John take off with her cat? She might be able to deduce that John took the cat, but I don't think you would be able to see the cat on the pack. Yeah, the cat has just been transportalized with John into a lab. Which we'll get more into that lab later, but what the hell is going on in here? <laughs> what the hell is going on in here? What the hell is going on in here? What the hell is going on in here? They said that like five times and it got funnier <laughs> so every times. time. <laughs> we will get into where he is next reading session, but I will point out that they did have an ectobiologist suit tailor fit for him in there. Yeah, gosh, what a coincidence. I wonder what could be in this lab. Hmm. Hmm. This is just a little sidebar. But the one panel where John is riding the pony and it's like very messily drawn, I wish more panels were like that because it's so full of life and it's so silly. It is very good. It's like it has, I think it has the same vibe as Jade's drawing panels. Yeah. I think it's a little more in Homestuck style than Jade's drawings. Yeah. But anyway, that's just one quick thing I wanted to mention. Elizabeth. Yes? Would you care to tell me about the rise of W.V. and his little revolutionary army where he brings the pawns from both sides together to usurp, to usurp, to usurp? Usurp. Usurp the king. (laughs) Yeah, he does. He's just this little farmer and... He's just like, wow, war is terrible. Let's have a revolution and take down the king. Like, you know, like you do. Do you remember when WV was like, God, you hate kings? Yeah. And now you see why. The king took away his livelihood. I know. It was very sad. Here's the thing, I love W.V. because he's a creature of action, and he does what he wants to make his life more sustainable for the long term. He does, although what he's, he does eventually, did, does, I don't know, 
eventually end with him in exile on a barren planet, but... Well, that's okay, because, like, when he's in exile, he sees, like, a really hot other exile lady. Mm. Yeah, he sure does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But a couple things. Jade beat up Club's deuce, (laughs) who wants to wear the hat. That was very good. She just beats him up for the ring. Also, the ring doesn't work on humans. No, it doesn't. It's just a fun, a fun imaginary imagination that she was thinking about. Yeah. But the kings don't have rings. They have scepters. Yes. Yes. That's where they get their power. I was a little bit confused by the sound. By everything, everything went by very fast. So... Jack Noir, who is now ascended into the queen form, came to the battlefield and killed the Black King? Yes. Okay, I wanted to make sure I got that right. Put on the crown. Right, he put on the crown. Both of the kings were, like, defeated. I think he took the scepter of the Black King, the scepter of the White King. It, like, fell down a waterfall. Yeah. And I really have to say... When you're playing chess in real life, you should be keeping your king locked up in maximum security. Like, the Flintstones vitamins. <laughs> uh, like, keep twisting, Junior. All you get is clicks. But one of my new favorite Dave, Dave quotes. Keep twisting, Junior. All you get is clicks. <laughs> it's very good. Very good. They, they really need to have tighter security. I'm surprised that the queens were the ones away from battle because, I mean, like, queens are an incredibly powerful piece. Right. It doesn't seem to follow the rules of chess very well. It really makes you think. Really makes you think. There was that little animation we've seen before right at the beginning of the sound file with the kings constantly in opposition, just circling the very small three-by-three uh, three chessboard because kings can't be right next to each other because if you moved right next to another king you would put yourself in check and you can't do that here's a bit i like to call is your world building sexist (laughs) Uh uh-huh here's the thing if this world building made any fucking sense you'd think the king who has the most vulnerable way of getting dethroned which is just taking the fucking scepter away You'd think the king would be locked up somewhere where the queen would be, and then the queen, who... I I feel like it's much harder to take off someone's ring in a fight. Yeah, just as a matter of course. And then the queen would be out fighting shit. I feel like they should be reversed. Why is the queen just sitting down? That doesn't make any sense. Nope, and as soon as Jack Noir became the queen, he was like, okay, let me just fly over to the battlefield and, like, end this war in like a second she has fucking wings yeah why aren't the queens fighting i don't know wait this is gonna get confusing real quick for ascended jack noir are we using he him or are we using she her i think we're using he because he still thinks of himself as jack noir okay all right cool i I don't think they ever addressed jack noir as she (laughs) 
just wanted just wanted to establish that. Yeah, just for clarity's sake. For clarity's sake. But that's again, that's another that's another thing. That's a weird world building thing. If you're the queen, right? But then, like, I guess gender doesn't matter. It's just two different titles, like two different. He's a bug. Does does the bug will the bug not just be like okay cool I'm a queen now I'm a lady right it like like bugs do have things that are called queens like ants and bees do there there are only there are two genders king and queen <laughs> there are only two <laughs> I feel like if it was a little less sexist it would actually work really well. Because then it would just be like, oh, these two sovereign entities aren't gendered. They just have different roles and they have different powers. And this, you know, this worker came up and became a queen. Right, right. So, like, it could almost work except for the character designs, which, like, you know, I mean, you keep asking me if the queens are sexy and I think they were drawn that way on purpose. It was just a little different. It could be really good. Because if you look at insect queens in real life, they're always four to five times the size of any regular insect. Like, the king, the kings in Homestuck are very big. Why can't we have giant women? Right, exactly. You see where, where I'm at here. It's not only sexist, but it's also shitty world building. It is! You could just, if they just, like, switched the titles, switched the titles and left everything else the same, everything would make so much more sense. You could even keep the sexy designs. Right, like, just keep everything else, keep the designs, keep all that, just switch the titles, and we're good. It makes sense in chess, it makes sense in world building, we can move on, but no. But no. I... Oh, do I want to get into this? I, there's a trend I've noticed with Andrew Hussey's strong female characters. Oh no, I'm gonna get into this. Oh god, I was just thinking like five minutes ago, I was like, hey, we were just having fun talking about cruel outfits and alchemized stuff. I know, we, we, haven't, we haven't had a rant this episode. And here's my rant for this episode. Gotta have the rant. Please go on. Andrew Hussey, I think he says this in one of his author's notes in one of the print books at some point, but he's like, there's a trend in Homestuck where the leader is always a lady, and that's pretty cool, except for the fact that, like, the leaders are always, like, tucked away, and, like, they can't, like, especially Snowman. Snowman has this thing where, like, if you kill her, you destroy the universe, and I get that that's, like, a billiards thing. Wait, if you sink the eight ball, then... You know, game's over. But, like, also at the same time, it just... It does this thing where it paints all of your female characters as these passive entities. Right, even if you don't mean it like that. Yeah, I don't think this extends to the kids and the trolls. They're all fairly even in those regards. I'm talking more about the meta characters like the leaders and like the carapaces and all of the midnight crew shit it's one of those things where like it doesn't matter how well your like main characters work sometimes if the side characters are doing the same bullshit that every story does it's like okay i'm not entertained and it seems like 
it would be a fairly simple problem to solve if there were just more female characters with all of those side characters. Like, there's PM and WQ and Snowman, and that's sort of it because all of the Midnight Crew are guys, and all of the Felt are guys. Except for Snowman. Right, except for Snowman, who's like only sort of part of the felt. The whole point of Snowman is that like you go through the whole thing thinking that like the the leader is this big boss man and then it's a girl. Like it's just like the whole oh wow, what a shock. Or you were expecting like a weird, ugly, green looking dude, and instead you get a sexy lady or whatever. Where's my ugly green looking lady? Why is the mob boss not an ugly green looking lady? That would be so great, but no, and I get that it's for story reasons and blah blah blah. It's bad writing. <laughs> PM is a pretty good example of well written female character because a dude hands her a sword and is like, give me the crown. And she's like, okay, I guess I'm gonna fight the fucking kings. That I want more of that. That's awesome. It's so good. She's a very good character. She has a very well-established moral compass and she has like this duty that she feels that she has to fulfill and she's like she has these character traits she's reliable we know she's willing to lie to get to what she thinks needs to be done like she's very interesting i love her i love her she's very good if the rest of the characters were written like her and I don't mean, like, written like her, like, all have that same personality, but, like, just written with the same amount of thought and care. I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. If you are a writer like Andrew Hussey, and you don't know where to write these cool female characters, like, where to start, what you'd do is you would write someone like Spade Slick, and then just make them a girl. That's all you gotta do. Don't even change the design. Literally. All of the Midnight Crew could be written as women, or for that matter, like, non-binary uh, characters. You, you, people? No, I don't want to say people, they're bugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I hesitated. They're bugs. But, like, without pretty much any change. That's it. Because bugs don't have boobs. Sure, the bugs would then be gay, but, like... I think we've talked about this before. We've already we've already had the gay bug conversation. Had the gay bug conversation. It's easy to fold that right into everything else. I'm gonna Google something. Do bugs do bugs lactate? <laughs> no, they don't! Do bugs lactate? That's a mammal thing! Cockroaches cockroaches lactate. What? Cockroaches lactate. Okay, wait a second. I was asking because, like, I was like, why would bugs even need boobs? They don't lactate. So I, I wanted to make sure that no bugs lactated. Some cockroaches lactate. It says milk in, like, quotation marks. I don't know. Lactate. I don't. Lactate. Why lactate. do you keep saying that like that? Lactate. <laughs> really? Lactate. No. 
Do you have a problem with lactation? I don't, actually. I don't. It's a miracle of the human body. And apparently the cockroach body. And also the body of... Fish. Flamingos and penguins and discus fish. And pigeons. Yeah. An ant-mimicking jumping spider species of Southeast Asia. Nice. So furries, <laughs> these are the, furries. These are the only no. animals that you can put boobs on. No, no. Okay. Only cockroach okay. furries. Lactating? No, lactating does not equal boobs. I'm not a biologist. <laughs> lactating does not equal boobs. What are you, Elizabeth, a boobologist? Did you study boobology? In that fancy grad school of yours? <laughs> How many breasts have you studied one-on-one? <laughs> do you think the carapacians are cockroaches and that's why they have boobs? I don't know if they do. No, the queen has boobs. <laughs> the queen has boobs. She has a body shaped like... A boob. <laughs> <laughs> she has a body shaped like she has boobs, but I don't know if she actually either that or that's a really weird looking rib cage which by the way i don't think bugs have rib cages <laughs> no they have carapaces we've been over this these carapaces have sacks of fat in the shape of boobs apparently or just the the, the carapace itself is boob shaped it's probably because they lack Anyway, I think that's going to make the end of all of the homestuck we have for today. Today we read through pages 1753 through 1865. You can read all of homestuck at homestuck.com if you want or need accessible versions. They're linked on our Tumblr, lookhowsane.tumblr.com. That is the version with image descriptions, or at least the image descriptions for Homestuck pages, and also the audiobook version. We also keep all of our episode transcriptions here because we want everybody in the deaf and hard of hearing community to know how many times I said the word lactate. (laughs) It's very important for everyone to know that, regardless of hearing deafness or audio processing ability. We also have a Twitter, at how underscore sane, which we suggest have suggested that you send us your apocalypse outfits so we can recognize you when the suburb apocalypse inevitably hits in what's going to be not super long if things keep going the way they are. Everyone who wears a fedora will be stabbed on sight. Uh, what? And, oh, by the way, also, if you have any images that you'd like to send for image descriptions, that's another good place to send to it. If there's any spoilers in what you send, I always like the post. I don't repost it. Just an FYI. Our music is done by Mr. John Michael, who is Elizabeth's brother. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, please go rate and review us on iTunes. Tell all your friends about us. At the moment we're recording this, I will be at Denver Pop Culture Con in two days. And I printed out a bunch of 
cards for this podcast, and there are at least two Homestuck panels there, and I've put them on my schedule, and I'm going to be there at some point handing them out. Again, when this episode comes out, this will be long over, but if I did see any of you there, it was nice to meet you. Be cool, guys. (laughs) Be cool. Uh, Please be cool. Be cool. I trust all of you. And until next time, remember, Vriska did nothing wrong. Hey, I have a question, and that question is, do you think troll biology is based on bugs or mammals? Because if so, either way, (laughs) trolls can have boobs, and Vriska has boobs. (laughs) Do you you need to end on that? (laughs) I have to be